Can you hear me? Okay, here we are. Again, it's an honor and a privilege to be up here. You know, this is not something I normally do. I'm usually in the back teaching kids, and trust me, it is so much easier to teach them than it is you. But uh, today we're going to be coming uh, to you from First Thessalonians. Chapter 3, we're going to finish it off. Chapter, uh, we're going to read verses 11 through 13. But before we do, let's, uh, let's bow our head and let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, we praise your name. Lord, for this time, this place that we have here, that we can gather together to worship you, to sing your praises, to pray, to talk to you, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for your word that we can dive into and dig into and find what you have to say to us. And Lord, not only that, but to let it take root, to break our hearts and to rebuild them in a way that is more serviceable to you, Lord. And I pray today as we open up your word, we uh, just look to you to hear what you have to say and change our lives. In your name that I pray, amen. So this past week was small group week, and Wednesday night I got to meet with my small group, and I have to say, I have the best small group ever. And I'm sure there are people that will disagree and say that about their small group, and that's how it should be. And I'm grateful for that because we have several good, well, all of them are great small groups. If you're not plugged into one, I encourage you greatly to go and find one and join it because it, it brings you closer into the family. And I bring this up because it really does lead into what I'm about to talk about. In my small group, we pass a, a journal around and we put down prayer requests. And uh, something that Becky wrote in there I'm going to use because it ties into exactly what I want to say today. And she wrote in there, pray that nothing will hinder us from fellowship with the body of Christ. And today, we're going to read through this and we're going to see that this is also the prayer of Paul, Silas, and Timothy. So let's read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Starting in 11, if you have your Bibles open, great. If not, we do have them up here, and also they are written on the back of the bulletin. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you. 
so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. I want you to do me do a favor for me here. I usually challenge you, everybody towards the end, but I want to challenge people right now. We have a great church family here. I want you to look around at who's here today and see who's here and even see who may not be here. And like all families, we have family members we know. And we have family members that we don't know so much. So I want you to look around. I want you to find somebody that you know, but maybe you don't know. And keep that person in mind for the next couple of minutes. And uh, hear me out. You know, this is the, this scripture we read, like I said, it's a, uh, a prayer from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. The NIV are, which I use for the kids a lot, they started out like this. Now may a way be opened up for us to come to you. May our God, may our God and Father himself and Lord Jesus do this. The ESV, which we just read from, it sounds like an entreaty. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. What he's doing, what they're doing here is they're wanting to come together. And he, they're wanting God to remove obstacles. It could be, I don't know. Uh, we know Paul was basically chased out of Thessalonica and he's probably waiting for things to cool down a little bit before he can come. He has other churches that he's planted, he's going to. So he's a busy man, but he has kept the Thessalonian church in his heart, in his mind, and in his prayers. And he wants to go back to see. So he's praying for the removal of any obstacles so he can go and see his church family there. You know, this is really no surprise because in the first three chapters, he has expressed this desire many times. And they're directing this desire to the one that who can clear those obstacles and that is God himself, our Lord. And when the desire of our hearts line up with God's plan, roadblocks can be removed. And Paul and Silas and Timothy, well, I believe their hearts are in line with God and in his plan, and they want to build this church. They are excited for what has happened, but they know that there's so much more that it can be done. And that can be said for every church even our church. Our church has done so many things in the past eight, nine years since I've been here. I've seen us grow in faith, in members, in people that uh, really love the Lord. But I, I do know that we can become so much more. And we, we continue to follow and pray to God and follow his plan and read his word and listen to his word. I know that's going to happen. So verse 11 expresses this desire to meet with them. And verse 12 explains the reason for this desire. In verse 12, it says, And may God the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another. 
you can put that in a little bit different way. May your love for others grow and overflow. Paul is asking for this, for the church in Thessalonica to fulfill verse 10, which says, we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face to supply what is lacking in your faith. So Paul is really desiring a face-to-face, a personal, intimate relationship with this church so that they can support them and encourage them into uh, a growing love for each other that overflows with encouragement and instruction so they can help each other grow and overflow in that love. This is not an academic love. It's not a love that is clinical and unfeeling that can be quickly snuffed out. You know, we hear so much, oh, I love them in in today's society. We see, well, I love them today, but tomorrow, not so much. And that's just not what we're talking about. We're living about a love that is permanent and rock solid, and that's God's love. And that's the love that can grow and overflow out of us. It's a love with a backbone that produces a steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. A love that grows like a rising flood that increases and overflows to those around you. Now, I'd ask you to picture a, uh, a, a fellow church member here, a part of our family, And the way that that Paul has been praying, I want you to take that person that you've been thinking of and I want you for the next week to pray that for them. Pray that you can get to know them, that you can approach them, that God would remove the obstacles. It could be anything from you being shy to how busy you are, how busy they are. The obstacles are removed that you can get to know this person better and that way you can encourage them and they can encourage you so your love can grow and overflow with them and theirs and then you find that it's going to even grow further and encompass other people and that's that's what we that's what we want we want each member here to grow knowing each other supporting each other encouraging each other instructing each other and at times even disciplining each other when we go off, off the tracks. So like a family, we are united. So I want you to pray for a fellowship with that person. Obstacles removed. And why am I asking you to do this? It's because in the end of, at the end of verse 12 it says... As we, do, as we do for you. So Paul and Silas and Timothy are wanting to model this type of behavior to the church. This, this, their prayer life, their giving of themselves to others and to share the good news of Christ so that all may know of Christ's love. You know, we are all role models, whether we want to be or not. We're role models in our family, in our church, where we work, 
in our everyday lives, everything that we do among our, our neighbors and just the people we see when we're getting gas, going to the grocery store. So my question is, are you a good role model to watch? Are you exhibiting and living out your Christian faith? Is it one that overgrows, that overflows and grows? Is it one that people want to go, hey, I kind of like that person. I'm wondering what makes him so much that way. And then we're going to go on to verse 13, which says, so that you may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Establish your hearts blameless in holiness. But establish something is to fix it and make it firm, make it rock solid, and to strengthen. And how do we, how do we as Christians, how do we establish our hearts? Well, the answer to that is in James chapter 5. And that's in verses 7 and 8. And it says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains? You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Be patient. That is how we strengthen. We are, are patient. That's not a word that I'm always very good with. I'm not always very patient. Not only do we need to be patient, we need to be patient in the right ways. There's still labor to do. The farmer just doesn't throw out the seed and hope things are best. the best. He makes sure he has the proper soil. He makes sure that uh, he waters them correctly. He cuts out the weeds. It's just like in our lives, in our Christian lives, we need to be rooted in the word and studying his word so that we can grow and not flounder and be choked out by the weeds. And what, what do we establish our hearts on? Well, that's easy. It is the blood of of our risen Savior. That's, that's a powerful statement. The blood of our risen Savior, that we are co-heirs to God's kingdom through his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and that we are counted holy and blameless by God the Father. And we are counted holy and blameless because why? because he sees us through the lens of his son, Jesus. If we are covered by his blood, we are covered by his life. And then when, when are we to be counted holy and blameless? What well, the coming of the Lord and with all his saints. And when is he coming back? Soon. How soon is soon? I don't know. But I want to cut off a little bit of that verse and focus on this part, the coming of our Lord Jesus. You know, most of the time we think of that 
as the end times, the blowing of the trumpet. He's coming down for us. The dead are rising. And it's a glorious picture, and it's exciting. But there's another coming of Jesus that I want to mention. To me, it's just as exciting, and it's miraculous. And that's when a heart is changed. And that's when someone goes from being dead to being alive because they have accepted Christ as their Savior and now are with us co-heirs to the kingdom. That is a miracle that is so often overlooked and it's something that should bring everybody joy and it's something that we should be looking forward to. Well, let's take this, this whole thing in its intent. God will return. We don't know when. So let's live our lives as if it is tomorrow. How often is that our mindset? Do we place it on the top of our to-do list? You know, every day, I don't know about you, but I have to-do list. Every day I walk into work, I have a to-do list laying out on my desk so I don't forget what I'm supposed to be doing. And I know... Being married, I have a to-do list written out for me too. But I don't think I've ever seen live today as, as, as if it's your last. And that's, that's on me. Because every day I should be living with the intent of sharing God's love with other people. holy and blameless. God wants to strengthen our hearts to be holy, to be set apart, to be blameless. Our actions and thoughts are characterized by the pouring out of love, out of God's love. So let's review this real quick. Paul here is praying these, these verses, and he's praying that he's directed by God and unhindered, in which way he has us to go. He's praying that our, our love will grow and overflow, the love from him, in him, to our church families and to others. He wants our hearts to be established and strengthened, hearts that are rooted in Christ and flourishing by the, by the stirring of the Spirit and of loving a, and living a Christian life. And he wants us to be holy and blameless, living today for God's purposes. You know, I had asked you before to picture the church member that you know, but you don't know. And to pray for a fellowship and for a relationship with that person. I'm going to take this a little step further. You know, loving God can be pretty easy. Loving your church family. It's not as easy, but it's still, it's still pretty easy. But what about loving, and I like, I like this term, a potential image bearer of Christ. Sometimes that's a lot harder. So I know in our lives, in our work or our social circles or whatever, that there are people we know that don't know Christ. 
And I want you to think on that for a minute. And I want you to put that picture in your head, just like you did a church member. And I want you to think about that person. I want you to pray for that person. And I want you to pray the same prayer that God will hinder you to approach that person and to talk to them about what you have and what they need. And that's Christ. So these three verses, they don't seem like a lot, but they are so full of every, so full of what we as Christians need to be doing. We need to be praying. We need to let God's love flow through us and overflow onto other people's lives. We need to establish and strengthen ourselves and our hearts in that, in that, in that relationship that we have with Christ. And we need to be seen as holy and blameless. Are we holy and blameless? We are set apart because we do have his blood. Blameless, I hate to say, I'm probably not, not the most blameless person. I make mistakes, I sin. I do things I probably shouldn't do and say things I shouldn't say. But I also know, like David, I repent. And I repent wholeheartedly and turn around from what I'm doing to be what God made me to be. And that's to be his image bearer, a Christian. Christian has gotten a bad rap. I say no. Being a Christian is what, we're, what we are on this earth to be. I thank you all for listening to me. This is, this is quite an honor, a privilege, and a, a blessing for me, and I hope it was a blessing for you. So if you would bow your heads with me again. Our Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, we praise you. We praise you because you are worthy, because of who you are, of what you are, you are our Father. You are our Creator. You are our Savior. You are our Provider. Lord, you are everything. And I pray that we remember that. That we live our lives in a way that is a pleasing aroma to you. That we share you with the other, everybody else that we our lives touch, Lord. I pray that we share you with them. And I thank you so much. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bruce.